Welcome to Ladies Who Love Christ, where we love to encourage you to build intimacy with Christ. We'll bring you insights and teachings to help you grow in your walk with Jesus, ultimately becoming the strong, godly woman you were created to be. Here's Ashley Pope Todorova. to do before we start tonight is just cover a few important things. Um, as a ministry, I've done a lot of, um, or as, as the leader, one of the leaders of Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries, I've done a lot of thinking about what direction we're going to be going in 2023. Um, we are going to really be focusing, give me a second, I'm letting some ladies in on on uh, Zoom. We're gonna be really focusing this year on cranking out and doing intensive study in God's word and doing Bible studies as often as we can. I've thought about all of the things that we've been able to do as a ministry in the, the last six years. And this year, I'm gonna step back a little I'm going to focus on, on two things. I'm going to focus on the Bible studies with you gals. I want you to grow this year in God's word unlike you ever have, right, in, in your walk. I want you to grow deeper than you ever have. Uh, and we're going to focus on the podcast. We're going to focus on um, uh, sharing the gospel. We're going to have some really, really great uh, interviews with people. We are going to focus a lot this year um, on those two things. With that being said, if you've participated in the ministry for any length of time, um, you know that one of our favorite things to do is our yearly conference. It's our Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries conference. This year, I am going to postpone our April conference, okay? We uh, had it set up for mid-April. I am going to postpone that, ladies, until 2024. And this year, we are going to focus completely and utterly on um, producing the Bible studies, teaching the Bible studies, equipping you to grow in God's word. There's nothing more important that you'll ever do. If you're here, I see a lot of ladies that are new. Um, I, I don't know that all of you have done our studies before. Um, but if you have been around, uh, you're, you're going to know this. If you're new, you may not. But our whole intention as a ministry is to help you build intimacy with Jesus Christ. And I feel like this year is, is a year to step back from all of the things, all of the, the things that can be good things, but they can, they can keep us running ragged and to intently and intensely study God's word together. So we are going to be doing book studies and some Bible studies, and I'm going to be authoring some studies throughout the year. So what I'd like to do tonight um, is go ahead and, and just enter into prayer as we start our study time. If you are on Zoom and you have questions, you can chat those questions in. If you're on Facebook, gals, you can just comment um, with your, your dialogue and your questions. And if you'd like to reach out to me after the study is over, I can't stop while I'm teaching. We, uh, all you have to do is just reach out to us at ladieswholovechrist.com. That's ladieswholovechrist.com. 
So Lord, I just come before you and I thank you for what you're doing here at this ministry. Lord, I'm so aware every single second of every single day, how short I fall. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for this ministry. I thank you for these women who care about their study of your word. Lord, they want to build intimacy with you. They want to build this close relationship with you above all else. Lord, I am so aware more than ever when I sit here to teach of how I cannot do anything, not a thing apart from you. I pray, Lord, that you will just show up tonight and help me to remain sensitive to your Holy Spirit, to what it is that you want these women to learn. Heavenly Father, I don't know them all intimately. I don't know them all personally. I don't know all of their struggles, but Heavenly Father, I know that you do. And you are a good, good God. And you are so worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our, our discipline in your word. You're, you're worthy and you're holy. And I pray tonight that we can just silence the distractions for an hour, one hour, uh, maybe a tiny bit more, but that we can silence the distractions and that we can focus our hearts, Lord, and our minds on you. You're so good, Lord. Please just show up tonight as you always do, because apart from you, I can do nothing. Lord, it is in your precious and your holy name, I pray. Amen. All right, gals. So we are diving in. Colossians and Philemon. I'm excited. So here's how we're going to do this study. It's going to be pretty simple. Every week, uh, we are going to be working through the odd chapters together. And then the even chapters you're going to do on your own in that upcoming week. So after our last session, you should be working through the last uh, chapter in the book. So we go through chapter one, you do two on your own this week, and so on and so forth until we complete the entirety of the study. Okay, so tonight... If you did work through chapter one, you're going to notice that a lot of what I'm sharing in the beginning, bits and pieces are from the book, but a lot of it is not from the book. So if you don't have paper, a journal, a pen, or something to jot down notes, some device to take your notes, now is the time to get it. Because one thing that we don't wanna do here, if you're new to the ministry, we're so glad you're here. I'm so glad you found the ministry. But we are not a ministry that wants to just spoon feed the word. We want you to learn how to cultivate the habit of going to God's word on your own and studying his word. That's why we're not walking through every single chapter together. So ladies, Paul's letter to the church at, at uh, Colossae Okay, Colossae is one of the prison letters, or it's a prison epistle. It was written when he was imprisoned in Rome, along with Ephesians, Philippians, and Philemon. And Philemon, we're going to go through together. The entire purpose, and this is outlined in the book here as well, the entire purpose of Colossians was to address false teachings that were and false doctrines that were popping up in the church, including pagan mysticism, which is as outlined on page two in the book, pagan mysticism, and Jewish legalism. Now, the church was a mixture of Jews and Gentiles, mainly Gentiles, but there was also a large Jewish, Jewish population in the church. 
Cola stays popular, uh, sorry, I just read that, but there was also the large Jewish group, this mixture of Jews and Gentiles. I'm also reading from notes I wrote tonight. This mixture of Jews and Gentiles in the church contributed to the hearsay that was taking root, okay? To the false doctrines that were taking root. Now, two things that I want to do. I want you to turn if you're working from the book. If not, don't worry. I'm gonna walk through it with you. The recording is gonna be up after the study is done. We're gonna go to the top of page two together. The very top of page two, okay? Let's go down to, it contained elements. The book says it contained elements of what later became known as Gnosticism. Gnosticism. Gnosticism, ladies, held that God is good, but matter is evil. That Jesus Christ, these are the, the doctrines that were starting to infiltrate the church, that Jesus Christ was merely one of a series of emanations descending from God and being less than God. A belief that led them to deny the true humanity of Jesus Christ. Ladies, and this is in my notes, this is not in the book. When it comes to Gnosticism, when it comes to the false doctrines that were infiltrating the church and the reason, right, the reason that Paul felt so vehemently that he needed to write and pen this letter from prison is that contrary to a message of salvation through Jesus Christ alone, the Gnostic Jesus brings a message of self-redemption, self-redemption. This essentially, this belief system uh, meant to them that man only needs to examine his inner spark to find the knowledge needed to free himself from his material body and to reach God. This alleged purity of heart is the exact opposite. Write down this passage because I want you to study it this week. It is the exact opposite of what is stated in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is more deceitful than all else, and it is desperately sick. Who can understand it? So this Gnosticism, you have this church full of Jews and Gentiles, right? And the, these Gnostic beliefs started to take root. This false doctrine started to be taught. It's why Epaphras uh, made the journey to Rome to talk to Paul, to express his concern over what was happening in the church. Why did I choose Colossians? Why did I choose this book for us? Because ladies, listen, different time, different culture, different, different era, same core issues. There's a lot of false doctrine that is taking root from within our churches today. There's a lot of false belief systems. I always teach our gals that if you water down truth, with a little bit of lie, you could have a majority of truth, you could have three quarters truth and one quarter lie, and it is no longer truth. So these Gnostic beliefs were taking root in the churches and in the church at that time, and they're taking place in our churches today. That is why as a ministry, my heart is for you gals 
to learn the discipline of engaging in the study of God's word on your own. Now, please listen closely. There's a lot of great ministries out there. There's a lot of great people, teachers, leaders, pastors that are teaching God's word. You cannot allow somebody else to take their interpretation, their study of God's word, their discipline in God's word, and to slap stick it to your life. You need to challenge and question everything that is spoken into your life. Whether it be from the stage and church or wherever it be, you don't just take things as truth, okay? So with that being said, I'd like you to turn to Acts, and I hope you have your Bibles or your um, new version app, whatever you like to, to use. My, my hope is that you will use uh, a paper Bible because it's not going to spit back distractions. It's not going to spit back texts or anything else. Okay. So we're going to turn to Acts chapter four, and we're going to look at verses 11 and 12 together. I want you to write that down too, because it's not in the book. Acts chapter four, verses 11 and 12. This is what it says. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone, which has become the cornerstone. Verse 12, there's a salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. No other name, okay? Now, Gnosticism, the beliefs that were taking root, were in, in direct opposition to that passage. Write down Acts 4, verses 11 and 12. Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Make a study of it. Also, Jeremiah 17, 9. You see, what does this look like today in 2023? What does this look like? Let me give you some, it's not even in my notes, it's not in the books. Let me give you applicable real life 2023 modern day culture example. What do you hear all the time? What do you see and hear? Um, um, especially with social media, on many different forms of social media. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. What is your heart telling you to do? Right? People are always talking about the heart as if it's pure. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. See, the word of God went as far as to say desperately sick, incredibly sick. We, ladies who love Christ, we have to make a study of God's word. We have to know God's word because if you don't know God's word, you will buy any lie that oftentimes comes uh, um, that oftentimes comes sounding as truth. Sounds so good with that little bit of lie. Because Colossians, because the book of Colossians was first written to stop, stop false teachings, it shows how easy it is, ladies, for us to be led away from truth. This was the urgency in Paul writing this letter. It is very easy for us 
It is probably, I would um, stretch it and I would go right now to say, it is probably the easiest it has ever been to be led away from truth because we're living in this social media technology-driven world where every moment you're bombarded with voices and thoughts and interpretations. Question everything. And don't just question everything, you question it by the living and the active, the Hebrews 4.12, word of God, his word. Now I might sound a little bit emphatic, but ladies, I'm telling you, I've seen this I've seen this in my own life. I've seen this in my own life. It's easy to be led away from truth, particularly when it comes to matters of eternity. Social media. We can hardly even um, process and retain everything that we sit there and mindlessly allow in. I want you to get ready to write down some notes tonight. I'm gonna try my best and I'm not very good at it to slow it down a little bit so that you can write these notes down. In Colossians, Paul presented Jesus Christ, the book of Colossians, how he presented Jesus. Number one, he presented him as Supreme Lord, write it down, Supreme Lord of the universe. Supreme Lord of the universe. Paul presented him number two as head of the church. And number three, the only one, the only one through whom forgiveness is possible. Gals, and I, I'm gonna be repetitive tonight, and my hope is that you'll be patient with me because I'm gonna be really repetitive probably throughout this study. Who are you allowing? Challenge yourself, answer this and you don't need to answer it live unless you want to, dialogue is great. Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Who are you allowing to present their thoughts and their opinions and their interpretations of scripture into your life? Are you going to God's word and questioning everything? Are you going to his living and active word for daily sustenance, for daily food, for daily cling to it every second because without it, you can't make a decision effectively. Are, are you doing that? Listen, I've answered this question in preparation for this study. I've answered it boldly and real and raw before the Lord. We cannot make our study of God's word a mere option in our lives. It has to be the very sustenance of, of our daily lives. We have to cling to it, ladies, because false doctrine is so rampant. The second point is that Colossians, and this is notated in the book as well, Colossians is all about the deity and supremacy of Jesus Christ. In a world that says there are many other ways, there are many ways to God. We as ladies who love Christ, if we're really 
um, taking in God's word, if we're meditating on it, if we're studying it, we know that that is not true. I'd like you to turn to Colossians 1, chapter, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. Colossians 1, 19. I'm going to try so hard to follow my notes. It's very hard for me to do that. Colossians 1.19 says, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. Let's read verse 20. And through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Colossians was an urgent letter to the church at Colossae. But Jesus was not a way. Jesus was not a way. Jesus was the way, the truth, the life. The way, the truth, the life. There's no way to the Father, ladies, but through him. And, and I'm teaching you concepts that if you've been in church for any amount of time, if you've been in a good, doctrinally sound, let me add that caveat, church, you know these things to be truth. But ladies, in this world, we are so bombarded I have to think of how to say this. We are so bombarded, more than we ever have been, that if we share this truth that we know that somehow we are full of hate and we are intolerant. Ladies, I want to challenge you now. I want to challenge you in this moment. I want to challenge you this year. That as you come into a study and a discipline of your study of God's word, that you know you live for one. You can speak the truth in love. You can model the love of Jesus Christ through your life, but loving is not watering down the truth that we know, the hope that we have. There's rich, ample opportunities right now, more than there ever has been, more than there ever has been to share the richness and the love of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news. All of the fullness of God was in him. So in Jesus Christ, we encounter, as ladies who love Christ, the one true God in all of his fullness. The triune God. You're not going to see triune mentioned in scripture as the word triune, but you see the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in, dwell and abide in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself. Whether things on earth or things on heaven, in heaven, I hope you're writing down these scriptures. I don't have my uh, 
index cards in front of me, but I carry index cards everywhere. I write down passages and scriptures and I gave Heather some this week. I have boxes, little plastic boxes that I put them in. I keep them in my car. I keep them in my purse. I keep them wherever I'm at. You can pull them out and you can study the word of God, eat the word of God, chew the word of God, meditate on the word of God constantly, constantly. And that is my, my challenge for myself this year too. Last year was a really hard year for me to a level I've never experienced, honestly, in my marriage with Alex from every angle. So this is a challenge to me too. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter three. Hebrews chapter three. And I'm gonna be very sensitive to your time. Give me a second. Hebrews chapter three, write this down. Four things that we can derive as action items. Just put four things from Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter three, four things that we can derive, action items. I wanna read this to you. Our apostle and high priest, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was in all God's household. For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. The scripture is written on a doormat at my front door. Now every house is built by someone, but the one who built everything is God. He's the builder of everything. Hebrews chapter three, verse five. Moses was faithful as a servant and all God's household as a testimony to what would be said in the future. Verse six, but Christ was faithful as a son over his household, Jesus Christ. And we are that household. If we hold to our confidence and the hope, if we hold to our confidence and the hope in which we boast. It is very easy, very easy to say, you believe in Jesus Christ and this hope you have in the gospel, the good news. That's a very easy to say that until that very thought is challenged. Until that very thought is challenged and you're labeled a hater or whatever else. Verse seven, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked to anger with that generation and said they will always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. We're almost done. Verse 11, we're going somewhere with this. Hang tight. So I swore in my anger, they will not enter my rest. Verse 12 of Hebrews 3. Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Verse 13. 
but encourage each other daily while it's still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. For we have become participants in Christ if we hold firmly, hold firmly until the end, the reality that we had at the start. Here's what's interesting about this is all of these all of these passages, the urgency with Paul writing Colossians and the, the prison epistles, all of these things were speaking to false doctrines. Ladies, you can take that. I always say, when you come here to Ladies Who Love Christ, when we study God's word together, we study in time, culture, and context, and then we can apply it to our lives. But we're not going to cherry pick and slapstick scripture. But ladies, there's four things here, four vital things that I want you to write down just from Hebrews 3. The first point, get ready to write it down. Consider Jesus. The first thing Hebrews 3 starts with, consider Jesus. That's Hebrews 3.1. We are to consider Jesus. Before every decision, before every engagement, before every opportunity, before every conversation, consider Jesus. You never know. You never, never, never know who he puts in your life and why he puts them in your life. But if you are considering Jesus as called to our great high priest in, in, in Hebrews 3, it's going to change the way you respond. It's going to change the way you act. Number two, we are to hold on to our confidence and the hope in which we boast. Man, you want to talk about this is as, as vitally applicable today. We are to hold on to our confidence and the hope in which we boast. That's verse 6, Hebrews 3, 6. So we're to, number one, consider Jesus. Number two, hold on to our confidence and the hope in which we boast. Ladies, it is so easy to let go of the hope that we proclaim and the precious name of Jesus when you're challenged in this world that says, but do you really believe that? Consider Jesus and hold on to the hope. Number three, do not harden our hearts. Hebrews 3.8. Hebrews 3.8. Do not harden our hearts. There's some very applicable calls to action here. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. And then number four, and this is huge. This is the importance of the church. This is where people now more than ever, and a lot of people that are self-proclaiming followers of Jesus Christ, they're leaving the church, right? They're not plugged into a body of believers. They're saying, well, I could just, you know, like stay in my pajamas. Who doesn't like to stay in their pajamas and their cute little slippers on a Sunday morning and watch church? Yeah, that's really the easy way. That's the easy way. But let's go to Hebrews 3.13 since I'm going off. Hebrews 3.13, we are to encourage each other daily. But encourage each other daily. 
while it is still called today. What that's saying is, while it's now in this moment, don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, Christians have a responsibility to look out for one another. That is, that is a scriptural call to us to look out for one another, to watch out for each other, to protect each other, to challenge each other when we see a brother or sister in Christ that maybe is going astray, to do so in love, but not to cower, but not to cower. This command was given to all of the brothers and sisters in Christ in Hebrews, all of them collectively. It wasn't reserved for someone in ministry. It wasn't reserved for pastors or leaders or somebody who's good at speaking or somebody who's good at this or that. It wasn't reserved. It was talking to the entire body of Christ. We are to encourage each other daily. Ladies, I feel such an urgency in my heart to tell you there's never been a time that we ought to be pressing in and running our race well, truly running it well, not prioritizing every single other thing under the sun, but Jesus Christ. So there's four applicable things. And those four things, why did I go to Hebrews when it wasn't in the book? These four things, if you take them seriously, if you study God's word and you remember them and you put them at the forefront of your heart, these things will help you to repel the onslaught of lies and false doctrines that come at you daily. Always consider Jesus first. Don't consider your, your girlfriend and what her opinion is or our husbands as good as, as they can be and what their opinions are. We consider Jesus first. We go to God's word first. We question everything through that first and not second. First, we hold on to our confidence and the hope that we have. When we're challenged, do you really believe that Jesus is the only way? We hold on to our confidence and the hope. We do not harden our hearts. You've seen a lot of this here now, lately. You're seeing self-proclaiming Christians falling, falling away, rejecting Christ, uh, uh, um, turning from him. And then we encourage each other. We plug in. I'm not just talking a fun Sunday life group. Listen to me, a Sunday school class. I'm not just talking to get together for dinner, let the kids hang out and play. I'm talking real meat of the word, get together with people that you know have your back in Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying just have your back because anyone in the world can say they have your back. I'm talking the people that chase Jesus that love Christ with every ounce of their heart. And they want to push you to that relationship with him. And when you're acting up, they're going to call you on it. Do you know how rare that is to find someone like that? When you find them, you hold on to them and you nurture those relationships. We're moving on. I promise you I'll have you done on time. So those four points, write them down. Hebrews 3.1, Hebrews 3.6, Hebrews 3.8, Hebrews 3.13. There's a lot of goodness, a lot of goodness in that chapter. 
Now we're going to go right back to Colossians 1, verse 19. Colossians 1, 19. For God was pleased, I'm going to tell you again. I read it twice. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in, abide in, remain in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Ladies, I want to just share this about the cross. About the cross. His blood shed on the cross. You will hardly come up against anything. Sorry, I'm pointing so much tonight. You will hardly come up against anything so controversial, so um, uh, so drawing out of hate. People, it draws hate out of people's heart when you talk about the bloodshed on that cross. The cross is offensive. The cross should be offensive. Billy Graham did an entire teaching on it. The cross is offensive. It confronts our sin. It confronts our depravity. It confronts our brokenness. Anybody that tells you that the cross of Jesus Christ shouldn't be offensive. You need to water it down. You need to hide it. Lots of churches hiding the cross today, by the way. A lot of churches. The cross, what Jesus Christ did for us, that's everything. You'll never, you'll never come up against anything more controversial. I've lost more people in my life, more people in my life. It's easy to say we believe in God, universal God, the tree is God, my desk here, everything is, you know, the, the nature, the sky. No, there, there is one way to the Father, and that is through the Son, and his name is Jesus Christ. And his blood shed for us is the only redemption, the only redemption. In case you're sleeping on the other side of the screen, the only redemption of sins. Ladies, that, that is what people reject. Hebrews 3, 6, we hold on to our confidence and the hope that we have. We don't cower. We don't crumble. We don't shake. We stand firm in love, but we do not compromise. Write it down. I do not compromise. We, as ladies who love Christ, will not compromise. In Colossians 1, 15 through 20, this is a beautiful, beautiful hymn of praise. It's essentially a hymn of praise. It talks all about the centrality of Jesus Christ, the centrality of Christ. It sets forth Jesus Christ as the image of the invisible God. See, the rooted, uh, the Gnostic roots and the false doctrines that were getting rooted in the church in that day, they were saying that Jesus Christ is, you hear this a lot, he's just, a, he was a good man, yeah. More Christians buy lies from other beliefs who say they believe in Jesus. Linda, I will gladly send it to you after the study. Who say they believe in Jesus, but when you ask them what they believe about Jesus, that's where you start to see a lot of false doctrine, a lot. But see, the issue is, is that we as 
as Christians don't even know the word of God. Like we don't even really know how to, to share the hope that we have. My prayer, my, my prayer for me, for you, for every single person here is that we turn that around this year, that we literally get sold out for Jesus Christ, that we make his word a priority before anything else and before anyone else, because there's never been a time where we need to be rooted in God's word to go out there and share the love of Christ in a dry and a parched world that is dying. It sounds so emphatic, but it is so urgent, so urgent. Christ is the image of the invisible God. He's the creator and sustainer of the universe. He was there since the beginning. Take it all the way back to Genesis, all the way back there. And he's the head of the body, his body, the church. There is something that happens. And ladies, I love technology. The ministry started through technology. The podcast started through technology. All my favorite things I got to do. How I met so many of you was through technology. I can't tell you how many times I've met people through a phone and they become real life flesh and blood friends. But that does not supplement for getting up and going to the church of Christ, giving him priority over everything else and plugging in to a body of believers that you can look in the eyes and you can ask, how are you doing? And you can wait for the answer. It doesn't supplement it. Putting on goggles to live in this non-reality world and thinking that that's reality. We as ladies who love Christ need to get serious. The book of Colossians, write it down, can be divided into two parts, very simple. The book of Colossians, two parts. Part one is a warning against false teachings, clearly. That's Colossians 1.3 through Colossians 2.23. Colossians 1, 3 through Colossians 2, 23. <clears throat> the second part is exhortations on proper Christian living. That's Colossians chapter 3, all the way through Colossians 4, 17, to the very end of the book. So you've got addressing the false doctrines. Paul was addressing the false doctrines. And then he was giving exhortations. He was giving applicable things on proper Christian living. None of this is, is really in the book. <clears throat> I promise I'm gonna take you to the book too. Some additional things I want you to know and teachings, uh, teachings about God in Colossians. Going back to Colossians 1.19, also Colossians 2 verse nine, write that down, Colossians 2.9. God is the father of Jesus Christ and his fullness is in his son. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. There is not Jesus, a good man, Jesus, lower than God, Jesus, less than, no. Colossians 1.19, he was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. 
He is holy. He is righteous. He is God. Jesus is the firstborn, meaning he's the descendant over all creation of David, who reigns as king. Turn to Colossians 1, chapter 15, the centrality of Christ. Let's read it. He's the image. This is Jesus. He is the image. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. One of the false doctrines that was taking root during that time, one of the lies that was springing up during that time, is that Jesus was a created being. Okay? He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, meaning he's the descendant over all creation of David, who reigns as king. For everything was created by him. Jesus, the centrality of Christ. Everything was created by him and through him. The visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That's talking all things here on earth and all things in heaven, the spiritual realm, the earthly realm, angels, everything, all things, not some things. He is before all things, and by him, by the precious name of Jesus, all things hold together. This, this truth is what the world hates, ladies. This truth is what the world hates. This truth is what the world hates more than ever. This truth is why you can turn on any device, any TV, and see the depravity and the world celebrating sins that God calls sin, that God deems sin, and proudly pride, that ugly word pride, proudly celebrating them. And then Christians wanting to be the cool Christians stand in agreement with the world's ways. You will always be set apart when you call on the name of Jesus Christ, King of Kings. And I promise you, you will lose people. And you know what? If I lose people tonight and you don't like the teaching and you think I'm too whatever, I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. It is time that we stop going the world's way. And it is time that we stop celebrating the things that God calls sin. It's time that we stop prioritizing the schedules and the ball games and the this and the that while we turn our backs on Christ. Psalm 8927. Take it all the way back to the Old Testament, which a lot of popular people now like to detach the Old Testament from the new. If you're new here, I want you to know it. Ladies who love Christ ministries, we believe in the entirety of the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, Old Testament to new. All of it, not some of it. Let's go back to some Old Testament imagery of what became a New Testament reality. Turn to Psalm 89, 27. I will also make him firstborn. 
greatest of the kings of the earth. The term firstborn is not implying that Jesus was a created being, okay? If you go down to the very bottom of page two, you're going to see some interpretive challenges. Part of the challenge at that time in the false doctrine, as I stated a few moments ago, is that people were holding to the um, thought that Colossians 1.15 meant that Jesus was a created being, therefore less than God. That's false. That is not what that means. That's why it's very important for you to invest in um, expository preaching verse by verse, line by line. You can never take a culture and a context from way back then and think it's gonna be exactly like it is here in 2023. You have to study in time, culture, context to be able to have real life, modern day applicability and to understand it in our mind. That's where a lot of people mess up. That's where there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, strain because people just try to read it with their 2023 brain, you need to invest time and discipline in the study of God's word and what cultural norms were back then. Because there were a lot of cultural norms back then that are not cultural norms now and also the other way around. Jesus, write this down, is the creator of everything in heaven on earth, in heaven and on earth, everything, visible and invisible everything. <sighs> Give me one second. Faith. We're going to talk about faith. The Bible, ladies, the Bible is extremely clear. What I love about God's word is that there is no guessing. If you invest, you don't have to guess. I should make that a quote. If you invest in your study of God's word, you're never going to have to guess because it is all there for you. And it's very clear that there is one creator God. And Paul identifies Jesus with him. God did not create by shaping pre-existent material, things that were already in existent, existence. He didn't create that way. He created all things, visible and invisible, things on earth and things in heaven. He is the creator. And you know what, ladies, that's, that's something that's hard to wrap our human brain around because we can't even fathom it. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse three. We're gonna unpack this a little tiny bit. Hebrews 11, verse three, living by faith. I love talking about faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible and his creations are not limited to this visible realm. 
You're not going to be able to understand all of his ways, but you can understand through God's word. He gave us everything we need. Hebrews 4, 12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews 11, 3, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what was seen was made from things that are not visible. Ladies, it is by faith. Matthew talks about that mustard seed of faith. It is by faith that we understand that God created all things. Rather than education, you have this a lot. Please listen to me. I watch so many debates. I watch so many, I watch so many debates with, with theologians and, and pastors that are debating people that say that um, they're agnostic or atheist. I watch and I listen and I listen to the questions that they ask and the things that they it is by faith that we understand rather than education disconnected from faith. We can have a lot of people that are so educated. So very educated, scholars, multiple, multiple degrees, disconnected from faith. That's why God said, that's why his word said, a mustard seed. I have a necklace with a mustard seed in the scripture on the back. If you saw a mustard seed, it is the tiniest little itty bitty seed. And it grows into this huge tree. It is a mustard seed of faith. Christians believe that all knowledge falls within the realm of God's sovereignty. All knowledge. That means you can study the arts. You can study the sciences. And these things don't push you further from God. They push you towards the heart of God. When you look at a child that, that is in the womb of its mother and you can question life at inception while you sit in a church on a Sunday, you are falling prey to false doctrine. It's okay if I lose somebody. It is okay because these are truths that people are not comfortable sharing. All knowledge falls within the realm of his sovereignty. Write down sovereign. That means God's authority. He is the all authoritative king of the universe. There's not one thing that is outside of his sovereignty and his authority. I can tell you that one of the biggest things that, that can often push people because they're in such a place of brokenness and despair is when they go through brutally hard things and they question God's sovereignty. It is the things in my life, the abuses, the pain, the scars, the hurts, the abandonments, all of it. It is those things that made me realize that God is completely and utterly in full and complete authority because when I sit here and I tell you he is a good God, he is real, he is living, he is, he is in complete and utter authority. I tell you that not from the good things, not from the fun things. I tell you that from the hard things. I tell you that from the things that nearly broke my heart. Do not allow those things to push you from Jesus Christ. 
the more I study the intricacies of life and science, the more that I believe in God. I want to ask you tonight, and I know I sometimes I'm like, I sit here before I turn on the devices and I'm like, I'm not going to go off tonight. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go crazy tonight. And every single time I do it, every single time, I feel this from the, the deepest, deepest, deepest place in my heart, ladies. It's time that we wake up and it's time that we get serious. And if it takes me looking like a wacko to drive that point home, I'm okay with it. I want you to read Hebrews 11 this week. It is all about our faith walk. It is all about heroes of the faith. It's all about people who had that mustard seed of faith. And tied to that faith was sometimes extremely hard obedience. Abraham, for example, anyone here who has a child can only imagine the faith and the belief to walk forward in obedience with their child. I want you to study that because you can have the head knowledge. You can have it. You can have the education. You can have all of it. But what God is calling for from us is our mustard seed of faith that we don't have to have all the answers, but we have to step forward in obedience, that we have to be 100% considering him first in every engagement, every interaction. And I fail here every day, ladies. Don't ever think because someone's teaching God's word or sharing his word that they're perfect and they don't fail. I fail so much. We're gonna talk about a repentant heart and what that is. Look at the repetition. Let's go to Colossians 1. We're going verse by verse by verse. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Let's look at this. On the wrong page. Give me just a second. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. For everything was created by him in heaven and earth, the visible, the invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. All things have been created through him and forth for him. He's before all things and by him, all things hold together. All things. Ladies, this passage shows repetition in verse 16 and 17 twice, all things, all things, write it down, circle it, highlight it, all things. This strengthens the biblical argument that the Trinitarian God is the creator of all things and the connector of all things. What comfort that brings me, what comfort that brings me when I look at people who openly reject him within our, our, our governmental positions. He directs all things. He's in full and complete 
authority. He's sovereign. I don't have to know it all. He knows it all. What I need is to have the faith, to trust him, the boldness to share him, and the willingness to consider Jesus before anything else, before anything or anyone else. How these lies infiltrate our modern day culture. We, and we're almost done. We're doing really good. We as a modern day, I'll have you done in about 10 minutes. We as a society, modern day society, have fallen so far from the belief and the adherence to God being a creator, so far from the belief and adherence to God being a creator, that we now think and buy the lie from Satan, for example, that we control or define, I wrote this, what is or isn't life. What is or isn't life? That we can somehow take life at conception. This is just one example, just one, just one. And maybe, maybe somebody is getting upset on the other side of the screen. And I just challenge you that in this world that encourages you to literally cancel somebody who doesn't think the same way you do, instead of canceling me out, why don't you hear me out? Because if you say that you believe God is the creator of all things, visible and invisible, then it's not your job, your position, your responsibility to deem what is or is not life and when life does or does not start. Because God made it really clear when, God, when life starts. He made it so clear. And we make it none other than a nuisance under which we fight for our healthcare rights. Many self-proclaiming Christians have fallen prey to false doctrines and accepted them as truth. And they've accepted them as truth under the word, the word justice. Do you want freedom? I'm about to go off because it's not in the notes. Do you want true freedom? Do you want true justice? His name is Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You don't need to get fancy. You just need to get your Bible, open it daily, be willing to come before him, be willing to repent and walk in obedience. Repentance is an ugly word in 2023. It's an ugly word. Nobody wants to talk about that. We need to remember, ladies, that he is a holy and a righteous God. Is he a loving God and a good God? Is he sovereign? Absolutely. But see, so often we water down his holiness and we only say, God is love. God is love. That when you call on the name of Jesus, you will see people reject you. Anyone can say they love God. When I talk to people, I mention, I proclaim, I share the name of Jesus, the name above all names, Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let's go. We're going to finish on time. What do we learn about salvation from Colossians? What do we learn? Jesus plus anything. Write it down. Jesus plus anything, anything is a false doctrine. When somebody says Jesus is the way, but Jesus is the way and Jesus is the way. Anything that contradicts his word, that's false doctrine. Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And there is no way to the Father. There's not multiple ways. Scripture talks about how narrow is the way. How narrow is the way. 
Jesus and only Jesus and what he did for us on the cross at Calvary is fully sufficient. Good works, Paul was talking to them, good works, Jewish law, legalism, performance, human accomplishments, fill in the blank. None of this can add anything to what Jesus himself has already done. It is finished and done. We need to be obedient. We need to study his word. We need to know his truth. We need to walk in daily discipline and love, true love for our fellow brothers and sisters. And guess what? Guess what? When you love your brothers and sisters, please pay attention if you're distracted right now. If you love your brothers and sisters, you don't lie to them. You don't withhold the truth that you know. We have the hope of eternity set in our hearts. Why would we withhold that? Why would we lie? Why would we water down the name of Jesus Christ? Now is the time that we ought to get bolder than we ever have been. Ladies, we don't hide it. Jesus Christ has done it. Salvation in Jesus is a matter of being rightly related to him by faith, by accepting his work on the cross, by refusing to trust anything or anyone else in a world that says they have all of the answers. And ladies, that we must triple filter, triple, triple filter. Why do I say triple filter? I triple filter my water in our home. We have a whole house filter, our water goes through that. Then it goes through my kitchen filter. I'm going somewhere with this. And then after my kitchen filter, it goes through my little countertop filter. And then I remineralize it. I triple filter the junk out of it. Triple filter what people are speaking into your life to filter out the junk, the harmful stuff, the false stuff. Do you see where I'm going? Do you see the imagery? How do we do that? We do that through our discipline, in God's word, his, our study of his word, because he gave us everything we need. He gave us everything we need. I would like you ladies to turn in the book. I'm not gonna go through all the answers with you, all the individual answers, because tonight I wanted to do something different. I didn't wanna just read all the answers that I wrote. You can simply go to the passage, the verse, verse by verse, and you can write your answer. I wanted to teach tonight, really teach, really deep dive into this. I want you to turn to page 10. Turn to page 10 in your book, please. Page 10. Gospel means good news. Euangelion. That's the Greek word. Euangelion. That's the English word for evangelize. The good news. The gospel's the good news, ladies, of Jesus's victory over Satan, sin, and death. 
Now, I wanna cover three things and we're done from the truth for today. And I'm gonna read verbatim from John MacArthur's book. Saving faith is carefully defined in scripture and needs to be understood because there is a dead non-saving faith that provides false security, that provides false security. True saving faith contains repentance and obedience. This is so valuable because these things are not taught. These things are not promoted in our culture. It, it involves repentance and obedience as its elements. This is so good. Repentance is an initial element of saving faith. It's an initial element of saving faith. And it involves three elements. Number one, repentance is to do an about face, to go the other way. You're no longer going the same direction, but you turn and you go in the opposite direction. We turn to God. Number one, we turn to God. Number two, repentance is turning from evil, turning from the strongholds, turning from the things that maybe uh, we're struggling with and nobody else knows them, but God knows them. Repentance is to turn to God and to turn from evil. It is no longer to give the enemy, the devil, Satan, a foothold in your life, but to turn to the living God, the one and the only one who can save us. And then number three, turning um, with an intent to serve God, to serve him. Ladies, to know him and to make him known. And see, in our world that says you have to have so many followers, we're almost done, but I'm not rushing the word of God. You can go back and watch the recording. In a world that says you're only important if you're talking to so many people, you're only important if you're on a stage talking to 10,000, it's only important if you have over 300,000 followers, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you, I taught this in a previous study. It is as holy a moment to sit down one to one and to share the truth that you know about Jesus Christ with somebody else as it is to stand on a stage and many times more so. Why do I say many times more so? Because it's very easy to stand on a stage and to talk to a lot of people. And to all of a sudden, it becomes less about God and it becomes more about you. Not everyone falls prey to that. The ones who stay rooted in God's word, truly seeking him daily. But it's very easy to take on accolades and praise and this and that. And then all of a sudden, it's not about God. It's all about us. It is this holy a moment to sit down and to share the truth that you know with somebody. Repentance means that we turn to God, that we turn from evil, and that we serve him in every interaction, in every engagement, every day every moment as Hebrews 3 called us to the first point that I shared and this is why that in all things we consider Jesus in a world that says consider everything else we consider him we consider him we go to him in prayer before we run to all the other places and then no change of mind can be called true repentance without all three Repentance isn't merely being ashamed or sorry. This is really good stuff. It's not just saying, oh man, I failed. 
bummer. Although it always contains an element of that, that remorse and that, oh man, I failed, but it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. There's that next step. There's that step, step of turning from evil. It's redirection of the human will, a purposeful decision to forsake all unrighteousness and to pursue goodness instead. The faith that saves involves more than intellectual assent and emotional conviction. It, 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 what that's saying is it involves more than just head knowledge, more than just education, as I talked about earlier. It involves more than that. It involves a heart that is genuinely and completely and wholly, not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y, meaning in its entirety, sold out for Jesus Christ. You will never be able, never be able to walk this journey, to walk this life, to walk these moments, ever just showing up for one hour on a Sunday, running in and running out because the ball game's on. You will never be able to do it. It is a daily diligence and a discipline. It is a daily thing. Ladies, Paul felt so urgent to write that letter because the churches were rampant with false doctrine. Our churches are as rampant with that false doctrine today as they were then. You're gonna to have to walk away from some things. And sometimes it's gonna hurt. Sometimes it's gonna hurt. I'm telling you, sometimes it's gonna hurt. But we consider Jesus in all things. We hold with confidence to the hope that we have. And his name is Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you will lose people on account of the cross because it is offensive. Lord, I come before you and I thank you for what you did here tonight. I thank you for these women. I thank you that they are in your word. They're here on a Monday night. I thank you that they were patient and kind with me as I went over. I thank you, Lord, that they are making a disciplined study, a disciplined study of your word, Heavenly Father. I I pray, Lord, that you, you, you meet her where she's at. You know her struggles. You know her issues. You know the things that she battles. You know the hurts that she has. You know her so intimately, Lord. Lord, I pray that whatever, whatever you started here tonight, Lord, there's no person, there's no person that can finish that but you, Lord. You are the sovereign, full authority, king of the universe. Finish that work in her life and in her heart. Finish, Lord, that work in my life and my heart. Give us an urgency to run to your word, to consider you first, to confidently hold to the hope that we proclaim, to build each other up and edify each other, to encourage each other, to stay rooted in your word and not the false doctrines that are rampant everywhere, Heavenly Father. I pray that this year, is the year that we as ladies who love Christ take our relationship to the next level with you. And that may mean losing people. That may mean losing things. That may mean losing positions. But anything that we lose, Lord, on account of you is a gain. It is a gain. I pray, Lord, that you complete the work you started in our heart tonight. You're holy. You're righteous. You're so worthy of our praise. It's in Jesus' beautiful and precious and holy name, I pray. Amen. 
All right, ladies. And if all the new gals show up next week, I'm doing good. <laughs> I might have half the ladies show up next week because they're like, that chick is crazy. But you know what? Listen, we have, we have work to do. We have work to do. I'm proud of you, ladies. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me through ladieswholovechrist.com. Thank you, Heather, for note-taking. Um, this week, go through chapter two on your own, please. Digest and assimilate some of the scriptures that we went through tonight, okay? And my challenge to you, if you have the space in your study time this week, is to go back and watch and listen again, if you can. Sometimes when I do a study or there's something I'm learning, I do it more than once. I, I, I make a study of the passages. I write them down on index cards. I carry them with me. You cannot just read and think you're going to, to assimilate all of this, you're not. It's got to be that constant repetition. It's really study habits. And that's what we're going to help you with it, ladies who love Christ. This replay is going to be up on our YouTube page. All you have to do is look up ladies who love Christ on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. And I think there's a bell you can hit so you don't miss the notifications. Do that because all of our past studies are there and all of this Colossians Bible study will be uploaded there. Okay. So God bless you, ladies. Go dig into God's word this week. And, and don't make anything else a priority before you give him your best, not your rest, your absolute best. God bless you guys and have a great night. Bye.